sometimes feel that there's nobody to talk to about the things you need to talk about? Well, look no further. Welcome to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne are here to discuss the topics you've been asking about. Now, here's Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Rio Wade. I am Tamara Wade, a.k.a. Mom. Mom. And? And we have a very special guest with us here today, Miss Madeline Eason. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks. I'm glad <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I know. So I want to introduce you guys to Madeline and kind of give you a little bit of a rundown of what we're doing here today because I'm so excited about it. Um, Paper Hope, we're going to be doing a series on You Can't Be What You Can't See. And those of us who have seen misrepresentation know that this is a quote that came from uh, Marie Wilson of the White House Project. And when we watched this movie, we watched it how many years ago, Rio? Mm, maybe three or four. Yeah. It, it left a big impact on yeah, us. Obviously, we're still t- we still bring it up as much as we can. Yeah. And I, I feel like today, having Madeline with us, I want to share with you a little bit about Madeline's background before we get into some discussion, which we had in planning, which was awesome. It's so delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> so Madeline is the president of the Eason Group. She's an entrepreneur, which I just think is fantastic. She's an executive coach and business advisor, and she specializes in working with leaders and aspiring leaders in large and small businesses who want to develop skills to take their business and careers to the next level. She also speaks on career development and strategies and offers creative yet very practical advice on, on getting ahead early and mid-career professionals. But prior to being an entrepreneur and launching her own business, Madeline was working as an HR professional for some really large corporations like Exxon, Bausch & Lomb, and um, Z- Code- Zer- Xerox. Xerox. Not Exxon, Xerox. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> yep. Yeah, keep me in line. Yeah. So I'm just any- so excited. No, no, <laughs> yeah, let's be very clear. And, and st- you're I don't like, want any to be calling me. This is yeah. what happens when we try to like be formal and like read formal bios. We're just like, man. I'm just so excited about, about your background. I'm so sorry I misread that. It's Xerox. Xerox. <laughs> the document company. We don't see yes. any X's in yeah. words. Keep me in line here. <laughs> Oh, my face is red. Um, (laughs) She most recently retired from Ford Motor Company of Head of Human Resources for Marketing, Sales, and the Service Division. It's a multi-billion dollar organization which spans six continents. Continents. Exciting. Mm -hmm. So, in her 30 years of experience of corporate coaching, um, I'm getting lost here. (laughs) Oh, this is what I found very interesting, too, because this is very expansive, your experience through startup companies, expansion, downsizing, and re-engineering initiatives. And over the years, she's developed a unique point of view, which we're going to share with you in a moment, about corporate life and business realities. She's also a mother to five children and a grandmother to 11. Is that correct? Is that not cool? It it is beyond cool to me. I can't barely manage my two. It's it's grandchildren are the gift for having your children. How many times do I ask you, Rue, when you're getting on that? I know. I'm like, oh my God. I'm almost 20 years old. You need to stop telling me that because you're going to jinx it. I know. Stop it. It's going to be disgusting. (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. But the other thing I wanted to bring up too, and we're going to talk about this, is in your spare time, which I always find funny. (laughs) Spare time. Spare time, right? Because we have, as women, we have lots of spare time. Um, 
Madeline writes fiction and is currently working on a mystery novel that's set in corporate America. Yes. That, I found Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. That is fun. Yes. Because I can talk about stuff and not tell names, but we had some really interesting adventures in corporate space. Oh, I just can't wait. So welcome to our show today. We are so excited to have you as the first woman to be on You Can't Be What You Can't See. Well, thank you. Just too much. So Exciting. I'm looking forward to our discussion. I can't even contain myself. Well, you're going to need to. Um, Focus. Yeah. (laughs) I have to focus. We have some valuable tidbits here. Yeah, were you blown away in planning? Oh my gosh, yeah. I was like leaning so forward. I was like, <laughs> in your face. I was like, if my breath stinks, I'm really sorry. But I'm, I'm trying so hard to absorb this. Pay attention. Uh, this is going to be a show that you're going to want to replay over and over again. Right. So young women listening, mothers, daughters listening together, we want you guys to kind of get close and listen and rewind and listen because we're going to be talking about some things that maybe you hadn't thought you needed to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Specifically, I want to kick us off with... Um, Talk to us a little bit about your experience in corporate America, because you have such a, a, a vast experience that I want to tap into. Um, what changes have you seen in corporate America from the time that you started to now? Good question. Um, I started just about 30 years ago. And the thing that you would see is, um, you know, people coming in, especially women coming in, and mm-hmm. they had bright aspirations, and they felt that they could make a difference in a corporate space. Mm-hmm. And they would work really hard. And it's true today as well, except the big difference is I find more and more women coming with this belief that my education mm-hmm. is the ticket up. Ah. It is a ticket in to an organization. <laughs> you have to move up. It's a whole different set of skills. And the thing that I've seen that really actually kind of worries me a little bit is that the very things that made you really successful in a school environment are the things that will hurt you in a corporate mm-hmm. environment. I find that interesting when you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more the about that. reliance on education. Yeah, thinking that it's more than a tool. So it's, imagine a carpenter saying, I'm a great carpenter because I got this great hammer. Okay, (laughs) not (laughs) enough. (laughs) So you have to really work hard. And I find the women are coming in saying, I've got this great education and I deserve X as a result. uh And then they get frustrated because the organization doesn't respond the way they expect. And so what happens to a lot of women, and this has been going on for a lot of time, is that they will come in and they'll work, 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 and they'll isolate themselves because I can do it on my own. Mm -hmm. They will not be looking to work with a team. They'll um, feel that just having the expertise and being the smartest one in the room, that everything is going to move out of the way and they're going to get a promotion. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) It happens in school. And that's the good grades and you get the the honor roll and yada, yada. And you can be the best worker, the smartest one in the room and not get a promotion Mm -hmm. because the promotion is really based on uh, interpersonal skills, networking, relationships. Mm-hmm. And because people make a decision, it, I have not been in a corporation. Like you said, I, I was at Xerox, Kodak, Bausch & Lomb, and at Ford. Okay. Mm-hmm. In those organizations, I have never seen a promotion where it is all about the skill mm-hmm. and, or it's all one person's decision. Right. Promotions are made with teams of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you have to be known. People have to understand what you bring to the party, and you have to be more than just singularly focused on, right. you know, I'm the best 
whatever. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Like, whatever I learned in school, right. I'm going to bring that to the organization and they'll recognize me and I'll get yeah, promoted. No. It's if, right. That's if you just flaw. sit and do your work by yourself, no one's going to notice you because they are doing their own thing. You have to insert yourself in, in where they're going exactly. to go with them, mm-hmm. essentially. And there's this, um, I, I call it a Sherpa. Oh my God. Mentality. <laughs> because, and let me just say, a Sherpa yeah. is a person like in the Himalayas mm-hmm. who's indigenous to that part of the world and they live in the mountains. And so they've become accustomed to not having a lot of oxygen. They can work really hard. They can climb the mountain without a lot of oxygen because they, their body has adjusted. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is people who want to be hikers, they might come from here in the US or Europe or whatever, and they want to hike to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. They hire a Sherpa and the Sherpa carries the entire load of supplies up the mountain. Mm. And if you Google it, you'll see pictures of people who are like five foot eight and they're carrying a, a, a pack that's like six feet high. Wow. So what happens in a corporate space when I say they're Sherpas is that they go into an organization because as women were taught, you know, really be great at what you do and they become perfectionist and they work exclusively and they become the resident expert. Mm. No one in the room is smarter than them when it comes to a particular discipline. And if you're the smartest one in the room, you get to stay in the room. Yeah. And so what happens is they'll bring in some other person. It could be a guy. Often it's a guy. It could be a, another woman. And they expect you to train this person oh because you've developed this expertise. And so you carry this person on your back <sighs> and all of, I'll say his, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you take him through the steps to get him to a higher level of knowledge. And so you're like a Sherpa carrying somebody up the side of the mountain. When you get to the top of the mountain and the guy is ready for a promotion, he stakes his flag in the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and gets all these accolades, promotion, more money. And what happens to the, to the person, the woman who's been doing all the work and teaching him? She gets to go back down the mountain <clears throat> and carry somebody else up the mountain. And so when you wow. overbuild your competence, it's a real risk. And I see that a lot in wow. corporate space because people still fundamentally believe it's about what I do. Wow. And it's about... Who knows what you do? Right. And does it fit to the point you're making, Rio, with what the long-term goals are in the organization? Right. Right. And are you letting people know that you're able to carry that pack up yourself and move to the next step? Because so many women will say, well, I'm not ready. I I just think I need maybe another degree or another certification. Yeah, what is up with that? I need another job. I'm guilty of that. I need to prove myself. Nothing could be further (sighs) from the truth. (laughs) Wow. But it's something, it's easy because we feel like we have control then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the perfectionist. Yeah, it is the perfectionist. mentality exactly mm-hmm. gone wild. Right. Oh, it's so true. You're not going to be able to justify your decisions without the education, but it's not just about being taught, educated. Right. It's about your personal influence. And your contribution. Your exactly. making. And do people feel like you belong in that club? Right. right. Whatever new level you right. want to move mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Because my firm belief is that people make decisions in their gut. Mm-hmm. They explain the decision through their head, mm-hmm. right? So there are all kind of reasons that they can give you for promoting this person over that person. Mm-hmm. But in the end, they're really relying on, how do I feel about this person As a being person. in this new job? Yeah. As that a person. is so right. true. And I think a lot of people miss that point, that, yeah. mm-hmm. that I have to build that relationship in order to move ahead, that right. I can't just come in and be the best whatever. Right. 
So it's like when I say you bring that stuff from school, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a great relationship with your teacher. You're going to be with that person for a year. You do all the work, Mm -hmm. you get the grade, you move on. That doesn't work in a corporate space. Teachers don't care what kind of person you are because they're not trying to move you to the next level the same way a a corporate right? Right. They're just trying to get you to pass to go to the next class. Exactly. And that doesn't translate into getting the promotion. Even though it looks similar and it sounds similar, it's not, it does not translate whatsoever. Amazing. Crazy. Well, let's. That was an incredible twelve minutes, <laughs> I, you guys. I heard that during planning, and I'm just like, oh, again. I know. <laughs> We're gonna pick up some of this on the other side of the break because my mind is blown, and I need to have a little time out. So, you're listening to Paper Hope Next Generation. Let's take a break. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Join us every week for Paper Hope Next Generation. This is a program for all women, regardless of age, who want to connect and start having real conversations about tough subjects. None of our topics are off the table. From the pages of the Paper Hope blog to the Internet radio airwaves, we'll talk about the topics that impact women with specific focus on relationships, family, community, and self. Join Paper Hope Next Generation live every Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hope that you will be a part of the conversation. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. 
Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Rio Wade, and my brain is mush because there's so <laughs> much information being shared with us today. Madeline Eason is here talking with us about her experience in corporate America and just basically being a woman yes. in corporate America and how to balance everything. And right before break, we were talking about um, the differences she's noticing mm-hmm. um, in corporate America and the women using their education as their basis for what they do in their work. But that doesn't translate to corporate America. Moving up in, in school is not the same as moving up in a company. No. So, and, and talking about that, it got me thinking of all the other points. Like for my generation, of course, we always bring this up every time we talk about a topic, is the social media and the technology being integrated into corporate America and how that's affecting people. And I know during, during planning, we were talking about how it's actually crippling certain people, mm. especially in corporate America. Yeah. And yeah. you raised really good points yeah, about Madeline, that. Yeah, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always a little bit reluctant to have the conversation mm-hmm. because I'm thinking, does this mean I'm an old fogey? <laughs> 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 but what, what I've seen is that when people get so attached to their iPod, iPad, phone, or whatever, they're kind of, uh, they're looking down, yeah. right? They're not absorbing what's going on around them. And my belief is that you are most powerful in a corporate space or any kind of career when you can connect to people. Mm. And if that social media tool is preventing you from connecting to people, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because the primary way you move ahead, get the jobs you want, get recognized for your contribution, is that people recognize what you're doing. You get to talk to them about it. They talk to you about it. So it's a human-to-human connection. Mm -hmm. And so if these tools are preventing human-to-human connection, they're going to weaken you. So I'm not saying that it's a bad tool or that social media is a bad thing, but don't fool yourself into thinking that you're communicating, that you you may be passing along information, Mm -hmm. but that's not relationship building in the way that you need it in a corporate space. That I you saying that made me think of when I took a small group communications class and yes, the information transfer is part of it, but it's like one tenth of it. Mm-hmm. The rest of communication when we learned in that class is about body language exactly. and eye contact and voice volume and assertion and all these other aspects. And I didn't even realize until just now that communication means more than just getting a point across, you know, yes. from a screen to a screen. Exactly. It's so much more. It's the connection you make. Right. And with this this reliance, I guess, on technology to get those points across, it's we're losing how to build those skills. And that's exactly what you see. So you get a lot of people coming in. They're new to the corporation. They may be young. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, but I sent you an email. Yeah. And I'm like, Ah. You sit next door to me. <laughs> That's the point. Why didn't you just come and tell me that in 10 minutes we have to do X or Y or whatever it may yeah. be? Mm-hmm. And the answer when they when they come with the answer that says, oh, I sent you a text message or I sent you an email and we're in such close proximity. It's yeah. like, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. So there's a reinterpretation of communication mm-hmm. that is happening with young people who believe that the Twitter um, account mm-hmm. or their Facebook account or whatever is helping them. And now to say that there is a way to use it. 
mm-hmm. but recognize it's only a tool that mm-hmm. you can't overuse to turn it into a weakness. Right. And it's something so important. Too, the, the gap, and it's funny because why wouldn't you realize this? If you're, you know, 20 something entering the world, obviously you're working with people that aren't 20 something. People <laughs> like me. Yeah. So <laughs> why, would you, why would you expect that your way of communication is the same as the generations who didn't you know, have social media or like computers as integrated Mm -hmm. as they are now, why wouldn't you take that into consideration? Or even recognize the fact that we're human beings and we're really built and designed to interact with one another face to face and read facial expressions and read body language. And you lose all of that when you're looking at a screen. That just blows my mind. We are built for that regardless of the explosion of technology. We are built for relationship building. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I loved it so much when we were talking about it and talking about it now. I think that, I don't know, how do you think women um, can, because in your age bracket, Rio, do mm-hmm. you have many opportunities outside of college, but like in high school, do you have many opportunities to be relationship building? Well, we talked about this when I was making the transition from high school to college. Mm-hmm. When you're in high school and you're, you're um, I guess, accepting more responsibilities, like you have to, you know, figure out a car or set up car insurance or, you know, talk with an employer, like... I think there's a, a gap in the, the parents teaching the kids is you call the insurance company and mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I'm buying a car. What do I do? Like you just kids my age think that somebody will just tell them or they can just Google it. And most of the time, A, it's not correct information. B, maybe it doesn't make sense. And it's not, you know, in terms that we understand. And like I said, when I went from high school to college, I went in to the community college and I sat down and I was like, I just graduated and I want to go to school. What do I do? I have no clue what the first step is, but that was the first step. Going Mm -hmm. and sitting in front of somebody Mm -hmm. is the first step. Phone calls are a little bit better than, you know, screen to screen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, if you can get and sit in front of a person and and explain to them what you're looking for, it's so much better than the screen to screen because there's so much to interpret. And, you know, the questions they ask and, well, what do you want to do? Well, what's your goal? Blah, blah, blah. They're, that you can't do that effectively in a in an IM, you know, instant mm-hmm, message mm-hmm. situation. Yes. Yeah. And additionally, you're having that face-to-face interaction, which will prepare you for everything in life, right. whether well, it's a corporate job or a love relationship. You're, you're learning how to use your voice, your brain, and, and articulate your feelings without... And being able to read people's body languages too. You feel a lot more comfortable too sitting in front of a real person. (laughs) You know, like some people don't though. I think that's what's interesting. (laughs) I think in my experience, I have seen this. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, the story I shared about me putting my phone away in the waiting room at one of my school, waiting for an advisor, and I'm sitting along the wall with a bunch of other people with their you know heads in their phones, and I was like, I wonder what happens if I like put this away, Uh and everyone just got so uncomfortable with me looking around, like and making eye contact with people and it's just crazy they're thinking what does she want i know i'm like i'm no i'm (laughs) hello hi i'm a person you're a person hello let's let's connect i know Uh, whatever (laughs) thinking about that though one of the other questions we asked during planning that got us on a conversation that just blew my mind also (laughs) is yes there's education to get you to to where you need to be in the corporate world and the qualifications but what other Madeline influences throughout your life affected how you function in corporate America? So, like, you were, t- you were telling a story about um, journalism. Your that first you did. jobs. Yeah. And how that was a building block into yeah. where you're at. That blew let's, my mind. Let's talk about that for a minute. And this, this actually really is a good segue because 
you can't accomplish those kind of connections using, exactly. you know, technology exactly. in that way. <laughs> and so, you know, in terms of making the transition into the corporate space, what kind of preparations? The, the thing that I attribute the most significance to is the work that I did as a magazine writer. I worked in a small regional magazine. And because I was the new kid and I didn't have all of the degrees because I had gone to school for history based on conversation with my mother, which we can talk about another time. (laughs) 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 But um, so I was getting really, you know, the little crummy stories, you know, about, you know, it's dog day in town. Let's go go interview some dogs. (laughs) What, What happened is I became fascinated with the interviews Mm-hmm. And it taught me so much about people and like what's really going on because it gave me as a journalist the right to ask some really probing personal questions mm-hmm. and I could always follow up anything they said with, well, why? Mm. Yeah. Which gives you a whole lot more information. Just the layers and the and layers. So and people the layers. are so yeah, so complex, so mm-hmm. many layers. And then not to judge, right? Because yeah. then you get more information when you're right. just open and you're listening and you're receiving. And so I found that that, skill that I developed in the journalism area of my career actually played out beautifully in my corporate space Mm. because I learned, one, people are very complex, give people time and space to see what's really going on. And it it gave me the ability to help because my real focus in, I said, I'm an HR person and I was, but my real focus was coaching some of the senior executives in the organizations that I worked in and helping build their leadership skills and build their organizations. And so that made a huge difference for me in terms of what did I bring to the party that maybe somebody else didn't bring that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is a direct people, you know, person to person contact. And it just, I think, made all the difference for me. Mm-hmm. That lesson is so profound to me mm-hmm. because so many times, especially in my generation, like the, the instant gratification generation, this and that, maybe in high school, the busy work that you're given as a kid, you kind of fight and you, you come out with resistance and you're like, no, that's stupid. That's not going to benefit me. Like, I know where I need to go and this isn't going to help. But, but you know ahead. what? You don't know where you need to go because mm-hmm. I thought my path was going to be completely different than mm-hmm. it turned out. And I'm on a great path. I love the life that I've been given and I'm leading. So I don't have any criticism of that. But... There are things that I learned in, even with my parents, in terms of little things that used to just annoy me. Yep. I'm like, really? Does that really matter? But of course, yes. in my generation, <laughs> you didn't say that to your parents. <laughs> but because you don't know, it's better to build a broader base of preparation. And maybe you'll never use it again, mm-hmm. or maybe you use some version of it. But when you're, you know, 15, 16, 18, 20, you know so your your world is so limited yep. to what it will ultimately be. Right. Be ready. Right. Be ready. So why wouldn't you make the most of every little task you were given? Like you did in the crummy journalism stories, but you took that as an opportunity to fully absorb your task. And exactly. if, if kids would learn that at a young age, even through high school, middle school, elementary, whatever it may be, any small task that they're given that they think is useless, if they would come at it with the attitude of, they're going to be benefited by whatever they do. Yep, exactly. If they would learn that, they could get ahead so much more. And I don't know, their their job or their career would be so much more fulfilling. Mm-hmm, and they'd mm-hmm. be so much better at it because they would learn things that would set them apart from the educated people. Right. 
it is an enriching experience. <gasps> is your mind blown again? <laughs> I keep everything. You're welcome. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. No. <laughs> We're a little teared up here because our minds are blowing out our eye sockets. I hope so, too. So um, we have to take a break. It just goes by. I know. So you're listening to Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Rio Wade, and I calmed down just a little bit because before break, we were talking a million miles a minute. Um, we have Madeline Eason here talking about corporate America and, you know, being a woman in corporate America, but also just being a woman mm-hmm. and being a mom and a daughter. Because you can't be what you can't see. Exactly. And we would like you to see Miss Madeline and or see what she's here. done. Yeah, or at least here. <laughs> For right now. <laughs> um, as a point that we, we touched on a little bit before the break was the whole idea of perfectionism and how that plays into moving up in corporate America and other aspects of life. And I know mom and Madeline during planning, you guys both kind of like clicked because you, you had the same views on perfectionism. So what do you, how do you think that affects women in corporations and just in life? It really is a huge driver. And I wouldn't say just in corporate space, right. but even before getting there. Mm-hmm. So this sense that somewhere, somehow it's bred into us that perfection is best. <laughs> and as a result, it can limit what you even strive for because yeah. you may have some self-doubt about how am I going to get to a particular college or take a particular mm-hmm. class or whatever the case may be. And by the time women get to a corporate space, they've perfected this desire for perfection (laughs) (laughs) to the extent that it can really disable them. And I remember reading somewhere, and I don't know who made the quote, but I just remember it triggering something in my head, is that perfection is the highest form of self-abuse. And if we were able to treat others, ourselves, excuse me, treat ourselves the way we treat others and give ourselves some slack, Mm -hmm. we could be much more powerful. My own mantra is roughly right. If it's roughly right, And I right, love it. I'm writing it down. It. I didn't write it down in planning. You can run with it and fix it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Now, there's certain things. If, you know, I'm going to a surgeon and he's going to operate on my <laughs> eye. Let's this, hope he's perfected it. This, I want perfection. But for most jobs and tasks that you get in a corporate space, that's not it. Right. right. That's not it. And so we, we create a monster that mm-hmm. becomes this very heavy beast that Mm -hmm. we carry around on our back burdens you and it does and it so limits us and then i find when women have this desire to be perfect it affects how they present themselves because then they're more nervous at a presentation because i stayed up all night working on this so it would be perfect and 
It may be a 20 slide deck that you're presenting. After slide three, the conversation goes off track Mm -hmm. and all those other slides that you worked on, no one ever sees, but you have now depleted yourself. Right. Right. And so being in a space where you can give yourself permission to be good and and it ultimately leads you to be great because Mm -hmm. you can dedicate that energy to more productive things as opposed to I'm perfect because no one is. And when you look around and you see who gets promoted, who gets the plum job, you can always identify what they don't do right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. is there a lesson there? That's They're true. not perfect, but uh, they got the job. Yep. So really taking, a, taking the time to look at what does this really mean? What do I really need to have? And what do I need to do roughly right? And what do I need to do kind of sort of okay? Mm-hmm. And what do I need to have that's really on point? Well, that bleeds into exactly what we've been talking about this whole time is paying attention to the small tasks and the networking. You guys also had really good dialogue during planning about in a corporate setting, <laughs> actually networking and then some something about golf. <laughs> and I feel like it <laughs> it goes very well with the perfectionist side. So... You I had to bring up I'm the sorry, golf. I'm sorry. I don't. It, I thought it was really interesting listening to you guys talk about it. We had the same <laughs> emotional experience. <laughs> it's visceral. <laughs> like, it, okay. So, for those of you who weren't involved in our conversation about golf and planning, <laughs> do you want to start with you <laughs> were, who, who asked you the, to play the golf? Ne- the networking side and the not allowing yourself to to talk with others, but at the same time doing it correctly. And being true to yourself. Right. And there's a certain amount of um, satisfaction some people get from playing golf. I don't get it. Right. Right. It's not me. And I felt like there were other opportunities. So it wasn't so much that one person came to me and said, you really need to play golf. But there's an overall kind of ambient instruction in the environment there is. to play golf. And we're, we're talking about playing golf literally. Like literally. This, isn't, this literally. isn't business speak for something. Like, you know, the big wigs and the CEOs and yada yada, they, they go literally play golf with each no, other. And I, and, I, <laughs> and I literally had a <laughs> <Got> mentor. <invited. laughs> I had literally had a mentor that took me aside and said, Tamara, it's a little bit embarrassing that you're not going to play golf with everyone. And I, and I, I was shocked by this. And I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> why? 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 Do it? It's a hundred degrees outside. They're going to be drinking and talking about things that make me uncomfortable. So why would I go and do this? This is not where I was very serious <laughs> talking about perfectionism early right. in my career. Very, very serious. So I didn't have time for those shenanigans. That's what I <laughs> thought they were. Yeah. So I didn't go. And to being authentic, it didn't really hamper my progression up the ladder in my corporate experience. Mm-hmm. But I did find it, it made me feel very uncomfortable that I wasn't participating in the golf. That's why. So when you right. bring up the golf, I'm like, ugh. Well, yeah. It's being, it's being authentic with, what did you say? The, the 80% of, you know, goes to the actual work of yes. the work. And then right. the 20% is the yes. rest You that spend you it doing the, the relationship right. building and the networking. And so people come in with this desire. Well, I'm going to be the perfect corporate person. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, think, this, this. Golf yes. is one of them. Golf. Yep. Right. And it really boils down to how you interact with people, which is why I had such a strong sense of the issue around overusing email Mm -hmm. and tweets and all that stuff, is that you have to connect with the person. Mm -hmm. And because no promotions or hiring decisions are made by a single individual in a corporate space, you have to build a relationship with a circle of people. Mm -hmm. And there are other ways to do it. Yes. As opposed to golf. That's the point. And so I used other methods to do it. And it, it paid off in the end. It didn't hinder my career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are people who get overly focused on it. So I, mm-hmm. I know a woman in particular, and this was maybe about eight or nine, ten years ago, she would um, spend 
every Saturday going to perfect her game. Wow. Okay, so she got to be pretty good at it. But then when she went on the golf course, she lost. Mm. I mean, she would, and she would do it on purpose. Wow. So I'm like, Hmm. well, this is kind of not what I want to do. So much energy goes towards the perfecting of the useless things. And when on a Saturday, she could be spending time with her family, which would actually enrich her whole life. So you enrich your your business life and your personal life. It makes you a better Balanced. human being yeah. Yeah. you need to be <laughs> better balanced contributor, and better level-headed and yeah. spread your energy out to be able to be successful in your job anyways right. so not to get overly focused on one or the other yeah. it's, that's the key mm-hmm. that's, that's the key. crazy but and also a point that i think about talking about that is the people that you surround yourself with during the climb up the ladder right and in life in general maybe you're not in corporate america but just in your your path your career whatever it may be is the importance of surrounding yourself with i call them your team and mm-hmm. i know you had a few key people that helped you or influenced you along the way. And I think that's important to talk about also. Absolutely. I couldn't have done it by myself. I couldn't have done it without uh, a couple of mentors that I had at work who would break it down. Mm. They would take me to the side and say, okay, man, let me tell you what just happened (laughs) (laughs) and what you need to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But because I had built a trusting relationship with them, I didn't feel like they were steering me off path. Right. Right. And after a few successes, and you know, people start saying, well, wow, you really nailed that. How did you figure that out? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I spend my time networking with the right people. but But the networking really made a difference because it gives you access to more information, mm-hmm. another way to look at things. It just makes you smarter and enriches you as a, as a person and as a professional. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of mentors. I would say there were three that were game changers for me. Mm-hmm. Two of them were men mm-hmm. and one of them was a woman. And um, in terms of my overall team at home, because I, I was single mom, I was divorced. I had three kids. Mm-hmm. I started in the corporate space when my youngest was two. So I had a two-year-old, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old. You can't do that Mm -hmm. without having a team of support. Mm -hmm. And there's one woman in particular. Her name is Annie. She's my best friend. Mm -hmm. She, I tell her all the time, you're you're going straight to heaven on this. (laughs) She took care of my children. Not like, at one point they did live with her because I had gotten an opportunity to go to a management program that was a residence program Mm -hmm. for three months. Wow. And she, who already had five children, took my three in. Mm -hmm. Wow. They gave me the opportunity. So- Mm -hmm. Um, and the and the thing that I think is different between me and Annie, which turns out to be the gift, is I can get focused on the big picture, looking down the road, and whether it's positive, like I'm anticipating something, or it's negative, I'm worrying about something. Annie is a real life, real time person. Let's deal with what's going on right now, mm-hmm. right here. And it takes a lot of stress off of you. And so when you get someone that can balance you in that way, yeah. just tremendous difference. Mm-hmm. And then having people that I just like to hang out with, you know, yes. just friends mm-hmm. that you don't get so focused on. I've got to get this report done. I've got to get this work done. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for my personal life and my personal friends. Um, that make that makes all the difference. Because I have heard women, we talked about this in planning, I have heard women that don't want to enter corporate space because they fear that they won't have time for relationships, whether it be a romantic mm. one or friendships. Yep. But this goes back to the being perfect. Yeah. I have to choose one. Right. Right. Yeah, right. you don't I either need to be the perfect, you know, wife, mother kind of person or perfect corporate person or perfect mm-hmm. entrepreneur, whatever it is, that we can do more. Mm-hmm. We can we can balance our lives so that it's full and enriching experience mm-hmm. for us and our families. Mm-hmm. It's it's the I accepting agree. help too that goes against the perfectionist mindset is allowing it, yourself yeah. to admit that you need guidance and a push and this and that. 
So I, perfectionist, I, perfectionism is affecting women especially so much more than we think. I mean, it bleeds into everything, the everything. education, the corporate, the, the work. And talk, being a mom, yeah. I have stories about having to go and get help from a physician actually pointed me in the right direction because I wouldn't go to bed until my house was clean. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know. And, and to be fair, I was a very young mom. I know. Oh, God, take it all in. Oh. Y'all listening laugh too. Because I have a friend. She's, she's passed away now, unfortunately. But her, her name was Dorothy. And she told me early on, she says, choose. You either want to take care of your family or your job, or your house. You can do two of them, but you can't do all three. I think that's very valid advice. And so anybody who knows me knows I did not choose my house. (laughs) And and I have evolved to that place as well. we got to break the perfectionism or else we're going nowhere. Speaking of breaks, I'm sad to say we have to take a break right now, but we'll be right back and we'll have more insight with Natalie. And so you're listening to Paper Hope Next Generation. TV from the other video content providers on the internet. Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to the Paper Hope Next Generation. Want to ask a question or select a topic for a future show? Please send an email to info at paperhope.com. That's info at paperhope.com. Now, back to Rio, Tamara, and Yvonne on Paper Hope Next Generation. Welcome back to the program, Paper Hope Next Generation on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I am Rio Wade, and this is our last segment with Madeline Eason. We have had such good discussion this whole entire show and I hope everyone is just as excited as we are 
Um, lastly, what I want to get into, just to get some advice from you, we were talking about before the team of people you surround yourself with and accepting the help and breaking out of that perfectionism or else you're going to go nowhere. Um, kind of the family dynamic of being the woman in corporate America or striving for your career and how to balance, you know, the kids. Or Because mom was, you know, doing a bunch of stuff when I was little, <laughs> single mom, this and that. So... I don't know, discussion on, on how it affects, how you think it affects your children. And then I have some insight too. And how, how it I really felt. did. Yeah. That, that is so crazy <laughs> because I, I recently talked to one of my sons <clears throat> about this because mm -hmm. I worked a lot and because I had a global job, I traveled a lot and it wasn't like traveling from San Diego to Los Angeles and coming back that night. It was like traveling to Shanghai and you're there <laughs> totally. for a week. <laughs> yeah. So there were significant blocks of time that I wasn't there or mm -hmm. I was there and I was so depleted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have three sons. And the reality of having three sons in America that are African-American is that the, the odds are that they're going to get in trouble some kind of way, end up in jail or on drugs or anything like that, mm -hmm. is is a real consideration. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my greatest fears is that I would lose my children and all of this. Mm -hmm. And so there was an enormous amount of guilt because I also had to feed them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know what to do. Here's this balance. <laughs> I had to choose. And um, because I had a good network, it helped. But you do have to consciously make the decision that you are going to be balanced. You can have it all. It just can, it's not going to all be at the same time. Right. Okay? I love that. So the um the whole the whole thing with the kids was was interesting and difficult but it all worked out in the end and one of the things i did we were talking mm -hmm. about like how clean is your house right right so i started asking them well i did more than ask cuz you know when your mom <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's not really an ask yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you know everybody had a a weeknight that they had to cook Mm -hmm. And they had to wash dishes. And of course, there were always arguments about, oh, it's not my night. It's mm -hmm. your night. You're, you didn't have enough to wash last night. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they learned to cook, clean, do their laundry, iron, mm -hmm. and all these things that in the, at this point in their lives is good. Yeah. yeah. But I had a fair amount of guilt making that transition. Yeah. Because I'm thinking I should be able to do it. And, you know, when you're, you know... 12-year-old son washes dishes, he does not clean the stove. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then so you turn true. around and you start feeling you need to work. Yes. Redo it. Right. Uh -huh. So resisting that urge, once uh -huh. I got over that, I was cool. Because I feel like, okay, it's keeping it down to a roar yeah. as opposed to just being out of control. Right. right. So really recognizing that your children have more to offer yes. to the cycle yes. that you're in as opposed to you have to carry everything on your back. So right. it goes back to that perfectionist, like I got to do it, everything right. Yes. And then the other thing that I did, and we still talk about it now, is we used to have what we call family day. Now, my house was the house that kids would always be at mm -hmm. because I'm pretty easygoing. And so I'd call and Brian or somebody else would be there in addition to my boys. And so what we did is, okay, we're going to have family day, which means Nobody except the four of us, I had three sons and myself, we would pick something, we would go do something. Mm -hmm. And it would not be expensive or, you know, particularly crazy, but it was time together. Mm -hmm. And the richness of that experience, I think they cut me slack mm -hmm. on some of the other stuff yes. that I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. But I went to the basketball games and I went to the plays and things right. like that. But it's, it's hard. You have to carry it. Now, as a result, I did not date. 
Yeah. I did not date when I had, when my children were younger. Yeah. Like you said, you can have everything, just not all at once. at the same time. But it's not like it's never going to happen. No, I remarried. Uh, Actually, I remarried when my youngest son went to college. I had Mm -hmm. been seeing someone. We we both had been married before, remarried. And it's been great. Mm -hmm. But you you have to sometimes pace yourself. And that it's not a bad thing to pace yourself. No, I don't think it's a bad thing to pace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, because you know me, the listeners and mom, I'm, I'm all for giving kids more credit than you think. Because at a young age, we're capable of comprehending a lot. It's just a matter of, of how much you tell us yeah. and how much. And the, the family day that you're talking about, they got to know you. They got to see what kind of person you were. Mm-hmm. So they, they were able to either subconsciously or consciously understand why they had those responsibilities. And it all makes sense. But it's, it's the parents that try to hide it to, to stay the perfectionist and to stay that person in their kid's mind as someone who has it all together. Those are the kids that, you know, get upset and, and argue against the work that they're doing because they don't understand. Yeah, you got to well, let it hang out a When your bit. mom is up at three o'clock in the morning washing dishes and clothes and you want to talk to her at seven or eight o'clock and she's snappy with you, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. That's not cool, but that's right. what happens because you right. can't let go right. of all these things that you think you own and you need to do. Mm-hmm. But the kids can handle it. No, and they, that's that's the point. Is they, absolutely. They can handle a lot more than you think. And so I think your balance that you just shared with us is pretty good. Like that is... It worked. Yeah. My kids are now all yeah, up and out. Definitely. So it's, and it's they're good. successful, yeah, correct? They're very successful. Very, very good. Yeah. So that, yeah, that just blows my mind because I am so for letting kids ha- like they can handle it like with mom too mm-hmm. you I did bills with you I balanced I the checkbook with you yeah during that time of my um perfectionist running wild mm-hmm. Rio did sit down with me and pay bills and wrote checks and help balance the checkbook and she knew what kind of money we had and, mm-hmm. and what position we were in there were many times we'd have very candid discussions oh I'd like to have this for dinner well we're not going to have that for dinner tonight right. because money is short, and so right. we'll have to save that for a treat. Yeah, but I'm so grateful for learning those skills when I did because now the transition between you know adolescence and adulthood is so much easier because I've already kind of been through that. Even though I was really young, I was still exposed to it in one way or another. So I'm, it doesn't scare me like it scares other people. And you learn that you can handle a lot. You it's can like, handle it's a like lot. It's like running a marathon. Like endurance. Once, yeah, mm-hmm. you have the endurance to handle all the things because you've seen your parents go through it. And you've allowed me to see yeah. you go through it, I think is such, such an important thing. Yeah, I can remember having discussions with you about anger too. Because my mom was always like, why, why are you getting so angry? You don't, Rio shouldn't see that. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I get angry. Yeah. So we're going to, she's going to see it and she's going to see me handle it in a very productive and positive way. Mm-hmm. I, I had to role model some of those things and anger was definitely one of them. I, my perfectionism is getting better, but it's definitely one that as a woman, I, I've had a hard time not only in corporate America, but as a mom it's as well. In general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One last thing I want to talk about too is that I'm interested in, and part of your bio is talking about writing. And, ah. and the importance of an outlet is something that I like to share also. Um, so is that, do you have any other outlets? Like what do you like to do to stay sane, essentially, besides the friends and the family for yourself? Writing is definitely one. And, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> and uh, I get great pleasure out of uh, this this novel that I'm working on now because so many bizarre things. When you're dealing with people, and <laughs> I happen to be in a corporate space, so I talk about it from that perspective. 
But when you're dealing with people, amazing things surface. Mm -hmm. People say amazing things. Some of them are hilarious and some of them are tragic. And it has been very rich fodder for me to channel all that stuff that came to me through my professional life Mm -hmm. into this book. Mm -hmm. And it's been slow going because I'm kind of enjoying the process as opposed to, you know, I got to get it done. I got a deadline. I may never get it published, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the experience. And it's, um, it's what I think helps overall give you balance. There's this book, and I've forgotten who wrote it. It's called The Three Boxes of Life. It's very old. I don't know uh, it. Bowles. Uh, what Color Is My Parachute? He also wrote that book. But he talks about that the life that's led in three separate boxes of work, uh, education, work, and then retirement is doomed. It isn't, it's going to be an unsuccessful life because mm-hmm. it's unbalanced. Yep. That you should live your life in one big box that has, you know, you're constantly learning, constantly working and being productive, mm-hmm. constantly finding things that give you pleasure and in, in, in your leisure time. And so that, and I've taken up walking, believe it or not, oh. which is I've heard that from people. a challenge, but <laughs> it's a challenge because I never really did anything physical, you know, like I wasn't in a sport or anything like that. And so now I'm working toward, my sister and I are working toward doing a 5K. Which That's is so like, exciting. Yeah. yeah Mom so loves that. I do. <laughs> Ho- hopefully I'll survive it. <laughs> but at least I will be at the beginning line. Now, will I be at the finish line? <laughs> yes, yes, you story? will. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to hear on the, yeah. on the end of that how your journey was because I'm a firm believer that endurance sport changes us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the core, yep. it changes us. And 5Ks definitely count as endurance. Mm-hmm. So it's something, it's a stretch goal for Ooh, me. So exciting. But I'm going for it. Ooh, the I fact that you still have goals, even though you are accomplished in your career and your family, that you have to keep growing. There's no ending point mm-hmm. in Absolutely. any of this. And that's why I opened up the Eason Group, because not being able to contribute, not being productive, mm-hmm. especially when I know there's such a need, I, I couldn't handle it. I really wanted to continue to work. But now I work on my own terms. Mm-hmm. I set my own hours. I select and agree to certain clients and some I don't. <laughs> but it's it's worked out perfectly. Well, you worked your butt off to get there. So I'm glad <laughs> that it does. Well, I'm, I'm hoping the marathon gets the rest of it off. <laughs> <laughs> you just got it. That was funny. I get it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You silly. Well, we are almost out of time, but can you believe this discussion just now? I can't. (sighs) (sighs) I can't either. I know. I I forgot to breathe this whole time. I know. And things we didn't get to talk about, which we guess we're just going to have to have you back on the show. Oh, darn. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to come back. Oh, yay. I enjoyed it. Love it. I definitely did. Oh, I know. So we're going to just tease you a little bit on some of the things that we're going to bring Madeline back for. And that's how did she make the, the cross the bridge from being a young woman into her adult life Ooh. dealing with her own mom and her Ooh. and her <laughs> and, yeah. and her a story there exactly yep. right there is and I love I love hearing it from women too because it's so important to other women to hear how we have made it across the bridge in our relationships now that we have with our moms mm-hmm. it's very important I think we ran out of time yep. Any, any congratulations other la- on a good show guys I'm very proud of this I know well, any other last thoughts um can we get information to put on the Facebook on how people can get a hold of you? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Do you do any kind of, do you, are your clients like work like that? No, it's really a, a very small selected group. Mm. Oh, then but, we won't put any information on the website. <laughs> but I'm doing, I'm building a website now. Okay. And actually by the time I come back, I'll probably have a website. Perfect. Oh, awesome. We want an update too on your book. Cause I want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. That's it. That's all the time we have. What's the, what is it? Paperhope, info at paperhope.com, Facebook, Paperhope, Instagram, Twitter. You know the drill. You know the drill. We and thank be... you, Madeline, for being here yes, with us thank today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amazing. I, had a, I had a wonderful time. Yay. Thank you. Yay. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. We are Paperhope Next Generation. You've been listening to Voice America Empowerment. Empowerment. Bye. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to Paperhope Next Generation. Be sure to check out the blog at paperhope.com for more during the week. And we hope to see you again next Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Bye for now. Bye.